Welcome to Grow Your Influence Online with me, Gordon Glenister, your host. I'm an author, filmmaker, and influencer marketing expert, and I'll be bringing you some amazing guests from the Arabian region that have grown their influence online. So from well-known influencers, entrepreneurs, to journalists, and also well-known brands as well, all will have a unique perspective on how they have grown their influence. Our shows are made in partnerships with our friends at One Digital Entertainment, Arabian's leading entertainment and content creation platform, and it will be published every two weeks on a Wednesday. Grow your influence online with Gordon Glenister. But before I introduce you to my special guest today, don't forget to subscribe to this channel just to make sure that you don't miss a future episode. And if you liked it too, please do give us a review. So in today's episode, we're talking with top LinkedIn influencer Shreya Patar. So today I'm with the wonderful Shreya Patar, and we are going to be talking about how to grow your influence on LinkedIn, which is obviously one of the biggest social media platforms. But Shreya has had huge amounts of experience with this and has amassed something like 138,000 followers on LinkedIn, which I'm super impressed with. Um, so she's going to be sharing her words of wisdom. Um, but first of all, Shreya, um, uh, tell us a bit about how you started uh, out, because you were saying earlier uh, to me off offline that you've uh, only been doing this for around four years. So how did it all start out for you? It's a, it's a very interesting story, actually. So I didn't expect to create content on LinkedIn. And I think four years ago when I started, it wasn't uh, really a thing to create content on LinkedIn. LinkedIn was a job search platform. People would create their profile and look for jobs. Um, so I had a profile just because I was doing a few internships. So I created a profile, no idea how to use it, forgot it exists. But then once I moved to Dublin for my university and I started university, the CEO of LinkedIn was there for an interview. And I met him after his interview, just spoke to him for a couple of minutes. And I wrote an article, like I just wrote something for myself in my journal about having met him and, you know, the conversation we had. And I thought, okay, like it makes sense that if, if this is the CEO of LinkedIn and if it's an interaction with him, I should publish it on LinkedIn. And then I just like kind of, you know, uh, typed it all out and I posted it on LinkedIn. I remember it was way over the word count. So I had to really condense it, actually turn it into a LinkedIn post. I wasn't used to it. Never created content online before. And yeah, I just hit publish. And I didn't expect anything from it. But it turns out that my first post on LinkedIn went viral. So it had over one and a half million views. Oh. Uh, the CEO again saw it and he commented. And then it just, you know, it just kept blowing up. And because of that, I got my first few clients. I got more into, into freelancing, into LinkedIn. And I just stayed consistent with it so that's how it started I didn't quite expect it but yeah it's been quite a journey it's been amazing so your tip here is go and speak to the CEO and founder of LinkedIn <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> oh dear it actually reminds me of a friend of mine who was the founder of um, LinkedIn local and uh, she was saying yeah. that she got the founder to to or, or not got but he saw her her post and uh, reshared it and that's caused a huge amount of surge 
So uh, there's, uh, there's there's obviously power in the people that yes. are organising and running these businesses. Uh, so that's that's great. Um, so, um, but of course, you you lived started your life in Mumbai, didn't you? Before you started out yeah. in sort of content journey. So, did you always think when you went to and then when you went to university, did you think you were going to end up in this sort of industry? I always knew I wanted to write. I didn't know what kind of writing. So in my head, being a writer, for the longest time, being a writer meant being an author. And as you know, it's a very, very tiny percentage of people who actually monetize their writing and can monetize being an author. Uh, so for me, in my head, I was like, okay, I'm just going to be a broke writer for all my life. That was my idea of what writing would mean. Uh, but after, like right before I joined university, I did a couple of internships in these PR houses and media agencies. And that's where I figured out what copywriting is. And I was one of those people who, when I first heard the word copywriting, I thought you literally copy something like it just makes sense. But then I understood what sales is and how you sell through words and what persuasive copy is and things like that. And it just clicked and it just felt like something that was right for me. So for the longest time, I knew I would write. I knew I would want to have my own thing, have my own business. I would want to be my own boss in some ways. How that would happen was a big question mark. But I think just entering university, that incident happening, publishing on LinkedIn and just, you know, kind of taking it regularly from there. Mm. It just gave me a lot of clarity and it it just worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've also been a ghostwriter, haven't you? Or you've you've published yeah. stuff under other people's names which of course it's all about content now i would say content yeah. content is king isn't it really yes yes absolutely yeah although probably quick distribution is queen you can have the best content but if you haven't thought about the distribution either um you know i mm-hmm. think one of, one of the biggest frustrations i think people find it'd be interesting to get your perspective on this is so often people tell me they put um they put what they think is a really good piece of content out and then it just gets such little reaction, you know, so few yeah. views or few so few comments. So why do you think that is? I mean, you can put out the best piece of content, but you don't have any control over how the response will be. I've had content pieces that I've worked on for like hours and I thought, okay, this is going to do really well and it just completely tanked. And I've had pieces where I spent like 10 minutes because it just came to my head. I spent 10 minutes writing it down and I pushed it out and it just, you know, blew up. So you can't really control or try to control the output you get. I think one of the things that really helps is to just be consistent Mm. because the more sample size you have, the more chances you have of getting overall higher reach. And also just the fact that um it might just be a different kind of day you know maybe let's say three months down the line when you have a bigger audience let's say instead of having thousand followers now you have ten thousand followers in three months and when you push out similar content it might just perform better because now you have a larger audience and like you said distribution now your distribution range is much larger and wider so that's important and i think one of the things also just to keep in mind is that the more engaging or relatable your content is, the better it will usually perform. And I mean better in comparison to your other posts. It's it's uh, futile to kind of compare that, oh, that post had 1 million views. Uh, it doesn't really matter. If your post had 100,000 views and you normally get 20,000, for you, 100,000 is a viral post. Mm. It, it doesn't mean you have to hit a million. It means for you, this performed way above average. It was like five times your average. This is a good post. So I think also just remember that the numbers that you are comparing it with 
should usually be with your own numbers and not with that of others. And I think then you'll feel like, okay, yeah, this was a successful post now. Yeah, that's no, really interesting you say that. I mean, the other thing I think is so important is the relevance of your audience, isn't it? It's not about just having loads of people that yeah. follow you, but if you are somebody that's teaching about maths, for example, let's just say, or you've got a particular niche special in specialism in cybersecurity. You you know it's it, the argument probably is as much about having a, a relevant audience as having having a bigger audience, isn't it? So you 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 yeah. might have a smaller audience um, versus somebody else, but the relevance of that and the interest is very high. So how do we make sure that we get the right type of people following us? If you want the right kind of people following you, you have to publish that kind of content that's meant only for them. I think when you're starting out, it's okay to experiment with a lot of different topics, but the faster you niche down and you decide that this is what I want to talk about, this is the kind of audience I want to build, and also this is the outcome that I want from my audience. Mm. For example, if I, when I'm using LinkedIn, my main goal is to generate business from it. So I look for leads on LinkedIn. That's my number one lead generation source. So if I start teaching freelancing on LinkedIn, it won't help me get leads. It'll help me attract other freelancers. And I could sell them my eBooks and stuff, but that's not what I want to do. I want leads for my business. So I stick to topics that would, um, you know, that would showcase my skill set in terms of writing, that would showcase that uh, what are the results we have got for our clients, case studies, testimonials. We put that first. But let's say, for example, on Instagram, that's where I teach freelancing. So I don't try to find leads there. And I think just having that sort of outcome in mind, what is it that you want from the platform? Just keep that in mind and then create content, keeping in mind the uh, pain points and the challenges of your target audience. That will definitely help. Mm, yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. Um, so let's just talk a little bit about the profile. Um, I mean, one of the things that yeah. amazes me uh, Shreya, is how many people don't even have an image on their banner board yeah. or or even they've got not the, the setting correct to showing a, a, a photograph. I mean, these are like simple things, aren't they? And it just sort of surprises mm -hmm. me how, how, you know, you put so much effort into a CV or resume when you go for a job. And yet, you know, your LinkedIn profile, which is seen to millions of people, people don't have enough attention to it. So, so tell me about some of your thoughts. So let's just say somebody, again, is on the early part of their journey on LinkedIn and they really want to maximize their profile. Um, talk to me through some of the steps that you might be might be changing or or improving. So first thing is, yes, you need to have a clear profile because even if you start publishing content, the only way somebody is going to follow you is by clicking on your profile, seeing your profile first. So you want to make sure that your profile is also in alignment with the target audience that you have in mind. Um, so that's another way of filtering that, you know, you get the right kind of audience. So the first thing I would say is whatever comes up first on your profile is something you have to make sure it's on point. That would be your profile picture, your name, your headline, your banner, and also your about section, which explains a little bit about what you do. For the headline and the banner, I always recommend using some sort of USB. So using something that uh, conveys to the person who's reading your profile, okay, this is what I can get from this person if I follow them on LinkedIn or if I reach out to them on LinkedIn. So when you have that clearly written, for example, my bio is about that we help tech founders and business coaches build their audience on LinkedIn. 
So when it's so clear, it's so simple and so clear, everyone knows exactly what they can expect when they follow me or when they reach out to me. Mm. Um, that obviously improves the kind of leads we generate, that improves the quality of engagement that we get on our posts. And it's definitely helpful if you have that sort of value proposition right in your headline and your bio as well. And then in terms of your profile picture, obviously you can smile. I think a lot of people get too rigid because LinkedIn is a professional platform, but you can smile, um, ha- have a like clear picture, have a picture of you, don't have a picture of a cat or something else. And uh, in your about section, just I would say personalize your about section to make it more story-like. So you're taking the reader through, okay, what's your journey been like so far and introducing your value proposition there and kind of like, maybe you can add a CTA depending on what sort of uh, objectives you have through using LinkedIn. But these are the primary things I would say that are important to work on. Of course, then you have your job experience and your college and university education, all of those things, update those. But these are the main things that people are going to see. Mm. Uh, another recommendation I have is to actually update your recommendation section as well. Even if you're a student or even if you're a new, like you've just joined a new job or something, try to get recommendations from, let's say, your professors or from your peers or, you know, just give them a recommendation back as well and they can write one for you in return. And uh, all these things just help enhance your profile. Other than that, you mentioned a good thing about the settings as well. So make sure your profile picture is visible to everyone, not just your connections. Make sure your entire profile is visible to everyone. Make sure everyone is allowed to comment on your post. These small things affect the reach of your post. So make sure that you go through and spend some time in the LinkedIn settings and make sure that everything's right in terms of visibility and you know reach. Yeah, um, very good point. Thank you for sort of sharing those. Um, what about the uh, the creator button where you can add uh, mm-hmm. follow me? What's your thoughts around uh, adding that? Yes, if you create content on LinkedIn, you should definitely turn on the creator mode. And the reason it's so important is because the creator mode pushes your content first. So instead of the rest of the profile, right after your headline and profile picture and everything, the next thing that a person sees is your featured post and they see your content. So it's very much content first. Mm. And as soon as you turn the creator mode on, your connect button by default changes to um, the follow button. So you in, you see a better increase in your follower count. And at the same time, you also get better um, search results. So if somebody is looking up a keyword that is on your profile, you'll see that you have, you know, you'll actually show up on their search bar because you're consistent with creating content on LinkedIn. You have used the correct keywords when you added the hashtags that creator mode has. And, you know, it's just pushing your content first. So definitely turn the creator mode on if you're a creator on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's great. Um, just going back to the profile, um, I mean, I use the little video button as well. I don't know um, if you've mm-hmm. got that on. Um, one of the reasons I do that is because I want to have people get a sense of my personality, even in only 15 seconds or so. Um, yeah. I, I guess some people are a bit shy and don't necessarily want to do that. But why do you think it's important to think about the video option? I think the video option, like you said, it adds personality. So you have a profile picture, but then when you just have this person talking to you in the video, moving around, it just gives that sort of, okay, this is a real person that has life and energy to them. So I think that it does add that perspective. So you can definitely try it out. I personally prefer not to use it. But of course, if you think that, like, especially 
depends on your audience as well if your audience is usually somebody like in a suit and tie kind of person you may want to avoid having a video it may not appeal to them so let's say if our clients who are let's say ceo and founder level we don't use that video format for them but if they are creators or if they are let's say selling some sort of coaching programs where they have to be face to face with their clients anyways mm. then yes we would recommend okay you update a video in your profile picture so that it just gives that personal touch because it's required for your work yeah so yeah that's something to think about as well yeah you also have your email don't you on your banner page which is interesting as well yeah. i've seen that with some people but i guess it's another um you're making it easy for somebody to connect with you easily um but uh, so that's 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 great okay great all great tips thank you for that and um, now what about the type of content i mean you've obviously talked about the the hero piece that went viral um but we yeah. all know how difficult that is and consistency is absolutely king when would you say is the best time to post and how frequently so i recommend posting three to four times a week minimum on linkedin if you'd like to do every day you can but otherwise time permitting three to four times a week is good enough and i would recommend that you keep your target audience's location in mind and then you post as per their timing so i would say normally between the waking hours is good but the best would be between 10 a.m to 2 p.m that's a good time to post just again just keeping in mind um who you're targeting what location are they in and then posting it for them Mm. yeah again that's interesting isn't it because i've i've always thought about er earlier morning eight till ten actually funny enough but um the okay. more the more I the more i think about it uh, only because of people going to work but that's because of the uk audience now i've got an in like right. you an increasingly global audience and i guess the benefit mm -hmm. of, of having a later time in the morning is is you can pick up or even lunchtime you can pick up audiences mm -hmm. in America and other parts of the world, can't you? Um, and, yeah. and and so that's that's an interesting observation. And and when you what, let's just talk about the types of content because you know people can put increasingly now videos, uh, which mm -hmm. uh, we all know the algorithms really quite favour. But things like polls and stats, um, you know, how mm -hmm. long should an average post be? And um, from your own experience, what are the types of things that you're finding work on a consistent basis, as in the type of content? Stories definitely work the best on LinkedIn. So the more you can add that sort of personalization to it, yeah. of course, keep it relevant to LinkedIn, make it something that an audience on LinkedIn would actually want to read, and it should fit with the intentions of a platform like LinkedIn. But otherwise, just put yourself first and share your story, share your journey. Uh, use pictures wherever relevant use pictures because LinkedIn is definitely pushing pictures right now so you should use images in your content I think polls are also strong I don't recommend doing them too often mm. and with polls one thing you need to keep in mind is that your metric changes so if you're expecting a lot of likes on polls you won't get that instead of looking at likes I would say look at the votes how many votes did you get on a poll because people will do either or they're not going to like a post and vote they'll usually only vote uh, so I think a lot of people just don't notice that sort of um, difference when it comes to polls so just make sure you're you know checking the right engagement metric there and other than that I would highly recommend experimenting with video content with carousels so which are the pdfs that you can swipe through mm. um, and see what works best for your niche as well 
because we've had certain people who you know we didn't expect it to work at all for them but for them stories didn't work for them carousel posts didn't work we tried something fancy it didn't work what worked weirdly was having a really heavy document with lots of infographics and information like you know 15 20 pages long that probably nobody is reading but we had the highest engagement and impressions on that kind of content so i highly recommend experimenting because you never know what can click with your audience just just try out a few options and then you can narrow down based on whichever is getting the most you know highest performance yeah that's interesting isn't it what about repurposing content where you've either had something before um like yeah. 3 or 4 months ago because we all know that um, the way the algorithms work it's only going to be shown to a small percentage of your audience in the first place there's a good chance that a piece of content that you shared uh 2 3 weeks ago you're thinking oh well nobody reacted to that well the big part of them probably yeah. would, wouldn't have seen it so you could like, what's your thoughts about sort of trying again with a piece of content oh you should definitely do it i think repurposing content is such a hack and instead of doing it only for your pieces that performed below average you should also do it for pieces that did really well mm. because you can, you're just giving it another chance to get you more views once again and i've noticed that if a post does good once it will definitely do good again mm. so i have repurposed a lot of my viral content it still worked for me it's still like even the people who had already seen the previous post engaged again like people don't care so i would say it doesn't really matter like you can definitely go ahead and repost and the other thing you can do is either you repost it exactly as it was or you actually just change the format so instead of a text post now you turn it into a video content and publish it or into a carousel and publish it so there's ways to like play it out differently but yeah repurposing content is definitely something to do yeah that's great that's good advice um and and when you're reaching out and trying to find new connections uh, because uh, mm-hmm. within your own personal profile you've got um 100 isn't it maximum um connections that you can make uh, unless it's a page of course that's the other thing of course people can create their own yeah. page can't they which you've you've got greater number of connections that you can make in the course of a uh, of a month um what's the what's the best outreach message that you've found has worked really well for you or your clients it's actually a blank connection request that has the highest acceptance rate and we've tried this across industries across platforms 90% connection requests that get accepted are blank there's nothing involved it's just a blank connection request and of course personalization does help your profile stand out but i think this could be because most people don't mind accepting connection requests from everyone just because it helps them and then you can obviously the next message you send it becomes the key message like are you directly pitching or are you just saying hi are you being a, like you know are you just talking about them uh, that makes a difference as to whether you will get a response from them or not next so my first message that i like to send to people is just something that's appreciative about their content so why did i send them a connection request how did i how did i find them or what did i like about their post very short and sweet messages to be respectful of that person's time especially since they don't know me so i don't want them to be reading an essay um so yeah and you know people do respond to compliments people love you know hearing good things about themselves i know mm-hmm. i do i know everyone does Absolutely. so it is a feel good mo- moment so yeah you have higher chances of getting a response if first you just start off with hey this is how i found you this is why i wanted to connect 
love your content and the more specific you can be um the more real it is so just make sure it's real that's mm. it like well I, I guess it's the equivalent of if you were going into a <clears throat> a bar or a conference and you were meeting somebody for the first time you you wouldn't just say um you know can i have your phone number you know or can i have you, you, yeah. you you'd have you'd want to create a bit of a rapport wouldn't you which is uh, oh, yeah. I, I like the outfit that you're wearing this is a great event that we're at how are you today you mm. would, you because you want to create that before oh, this is great we should connect you know so it's the yeah and then so why do we expect something different on on linkedin it's it, it sort of baffles me sometimes but no what i like about what you've just said there because um you're suggesting that actually we when we because obviously there's a button there that allows you to personalize the connection request doesn't it mm -hmm. uh, rather than do it just blank so sometimes i have i have sent out a personalized request um making reference to the fact that we have a number of mutual connections together um mm -hmm. and, and but i also use a very polite way of saying you know i like what you do you know it's it's great i think we've, mm -hmm. we've got some things in common but um what you're saying as well is is that um th th there's as much success with just literally just doing it blank and then um creating a greater personal touch on that second one yeah 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 oh, interesting yeah this is why I have you on. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's gr really great. And of course, this isn't the other thing, of course, is that you've got gr um, big uh, followings on the other uh, social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook. So, so how do you, how important it is for you to promote your LinkedIn profile on the others? Or do you use Linktree or anything like that? How do, uh, or, or any other way to promote your LinkedIn? Uh, uh, profile how do you do that so apart from linkedin i'm active on instagram and twitter so once i put up a linkedin post i'll usually share the link to my instagram stories and i'll put a screenshot of just the hook line of my linkedin post so they can read the full post on linkedin and the same goes for twitter so i'll just use the hook as a tweet on twitter and then in the next tweet i'll add the link to the post so it just helps with distribution of the content Mm, yeah no that's great okay well this has been amazing thank you so much for sharing so many of your sort of uh wonderful tips if there was three things that we could take away with that we could do right now what would those sort mm -hmm. of final three tips be okay the first tip would be to actually take linkedin seriously i think a lot of people still underestimate and don't understand that linkedin is a very powerful connect like content creation platform so first thing would be, apart from your Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, start taking LinkedIn seriously. It's a game changer if you do it right. The second thing that we talked about was, of course, the profile. And like you said, it's surprising how many people ignore their profile. So definitely work on it. And it's something you don't have to do repeatedly, right? So if you spend one hour today, you don't have to think about it for, let's say, the three, next three to four months at least, unless you are making some big changes. So spend some time. It's worth investing time into updating your profile do that and the third tip i would give is to just start creating content at least three times a week um don't try to chase the numbers don't try to compare the content uh, results with somebody else's content or something but definitely seek inspiration from other people's content so any post that has done good what was the hook like what was the post about did they have a picture did they have a video did they have a carousel and how did they open, let's say, the opening line in the video, the opening line in the carousel? 
all these small things will help you create better content. So definitely study other people's content, but just don't compare the results with other people. Yeah, no, that's great. So you are a, a, somebody uh, that has clearly shown your influence online. So my final question to you has to be, um, who's influenced you? Who's influenced me? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I, you know, while starting out, I didn't actually have any influence to do this. I have just, you know, like I said, I just started by creating a post on LinkedIn and it worked. And I think the only thing that influenced me to keep going was I saw the opportunity that a, that a first year student gets just by creating content on LinkedIn, hitting publish. She can make, if she can make like her first $300 in the first month then what can she do if she just, you know, keeps going? I think just that was my main uh, influence at that point that, okay, I see the impact this has made in my life. And if I just keep up with it, it's going to be life-changing. And I was right about it. So, yeah, I think in some weird way, that's been the major influence in my life. Yeah, that's lovely, lovely. And how can people find out more about you? Oh, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn, of course. And I'm active on Instagram and Twitter as well. Just my name, Freya Patar. And on all social media platforms, I have the same handles. So, yeah, you can just DM me anywhere. Let me know you came from Gordon's pod podcast. So I know, you know, how you found me. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Even that. So you've got a call to action in your own head as well. So that's, uh, that's yeah. great. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you today. And thank you so much for taking the time to spend time with us today. Of course. Thank you, too. It's been a pleasure. That's it for another edition of Grow Your Influence Online. And thanks so much as always to my producers. And if you would like to hear about more of our amazing guests and links, check out the show notes or head over to my Instagram, gordon.glenister. And until next time, it's bye from me, Gordon Glenister. You were listening to Grow Your Influence Online with Gordon Glenister, a Portman production.